welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Ready for the word? Who's thankful God's word is alive and breathing, it's sharper than any double-edged sword, useful for teaching, rebuking, and training in righteousness. Come on. It's going to speak to us tonight. When we open up the Word of God, we can expect fresh revelation. We can expect heaven bringing something down to earth. We can expect something to drop in the atmosphere. All we have to do is reach out and grab it. When we open up the Word of God, it's more powerful than my words. Thank God it's not my words tonight, but it's His words. It's His words that we're going to open up. It's His words that we're going to draw into and we're going to focus on tonight. And it's His words that are going to create hope and life and joy. Amen? Tonight, we're going to be reading from Leviticus. Everyone's faith just dropped right there. Here we are. You know, we're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Leviticus. Can you even preach from that these days, Dan? <laughs> when was the last time you heard a message on Leviticus? I don't know. You see, Leviticus has something to tell us tonight, I believe. I was reading this and I felt God's, God's clear direction to preach from this passage tonight. And I hope and I pray that it speaks to you. So we're going to be reading from Leviticus 6, 8 to 13. Are you ready? This is what it says in verse 8. Then the Lord said to Moses, give Aaron and his sons the following instructions regarding the burnt offering. Just some context, Leviticus is a, it's a book written to the Levitical priests of the time on how they were to bring the law of God and how they were to work within the confines of the law that God had. And so Moses is pretty much guiding the priests at that stage of what they're to do anytime there's to be an offering, a burnt offering. Thank goodness for Jesus Christ. Now we don't have burnt offerings. We have the cross. We have the risen lamb. We have the third day. But at this stage in history... Jesus had not yet come, and so the burnt offering it was. And the priests were the connector between humanity and God. Are you ready? The burnt offering must be left on top of the altar until the next morning, and the fire on the altar, mark these words, must be kept burning all night. In the morning, after the priest on duty has put on his official linen clothing and linen undergarments, who would have known linen was in then? He must clean out all of the ashes of the burnt offering and put them beside the altar. Then he must take off these garments, change back into his regular clothes, and carry the ashes outside the camp to a place that is ceremonially clean. Meanwhile, the fire on the altar must be kept Meanwhile, the fire on the altar must be kept. It must never go out. Each morning, the priest will add fresh wood to the fire and arrange the burnt offering on it. He will then burn the fat of the peace offerings on it. Remember, final time, the fire must be kept on the altar at all times. It must never go out. Why don't you turn the person next to you and say, it must never go out. And tell them like you mean it. It must never go out. Tell them like they've forgotten the last thing you told them to do. Tell them like you, they forgot to do the dishes last night. And you woke up in the morning and there they were on the kitchen bench still. Tell them like that. It must never go out. Tell them like they forgot your birth. No, I'm not going to bring that one up. Here's a, here's a bit of a check. Ready? 
You can put this in your Instagram bio if you want to. If you don't have Instagram, that's fine. You just tell people, you are a modern priest. You are a modern priesthood. When we open up that book, we go, well, Leviticus, Levitical priest, you know, that was their job. No, no, no. You are a modern day priest. (laughs) Come on. Somebody's like, well, I don't feel like a priest. Not dressed like a priest. That's okay. God has called us to be a royal priesthood. 1 Peter 2.9 says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into light. You are a priest. Turn to the person next to you again and say, you're a priest. What does the priest do? You are the intercessor between humanity and God. You are the thing that joins God to humanity. Everywhere you go, you bring the presence of God with you. Everywhere you go, you bring the salvation message with you. Everywhere you go, you bring the sacrificial Jesus died on a cross, he rose again message with you. You are a modern day priest. I bet you didn't know that. Put that on the resume. Student by day, priest by night. I'm a priest. I carry something. That's what we are. We are a royal priesthood. And the same message that God gave the Levitical priests back in the Old Testament is the same message he brings us. Keep the fire burning. Keep the fire burning. Can we bring up that flame on the LED? Who felt the temperature rise just then? Just looking at that. Many of us, many people follow God, but they do not carry his fire. They follow Jesus, but they do not carry Jesus' fire within them. They're no different to an LED screen right here that have everything we have, and we are all guilty of this. We have all of the looks. We come to church, we pray the prayers, we worship, we raise our hands, we praise, whatever we need to do. We have all of the looks of a flame, but get close enough, you touch that thing, there's no heat in it. Get close enough, it's not affecting the atmosphere of anybody's life, it's just on display. God calls his church to be a church that is consumed by his fire, that is consumed by his Holy Spirit, that we would be a church like these Levitical priests every day, we would consider it a joy to keep the fire burning. You see, we talk about the altar being here, but really the altar, this is a place, what we call the altar, but there's also an altar on the inside of you. And every day you get up and you might put some things on that altar on the inside and allow God's fire to consume it. There's an altar on the inside of us that God wants to place his all-consuming fire upon. We cannot be a church that is full of fake fires. Tonight's message is called Fake Fires because we don't wanna be a people that have all of the looks of a move of God. All of the sounds all of maybe the crackles and the pops and whatever it is. We wanna be a church that legitimately carry a heated presence, that carry a fire on the inside of our bones that is irrevocable, like Jeremiah said, that is shut up in my bones and I cannot contain it. That's the type of fire that he's wanting to plant inside of us. When was the last time you received a fresh fire from God and you could not contain it like Jeremiah said? I love that scripture, and he talks about it being shut up in his bones. Many of us, when we receive Christ for the very first time, we love it. 
That's so great how many salvations we've seen coming through the doors. But so often what happens is that fire that starts isn't placed in the proper place. We don't attend to it and it starts to die. We also have firefighters all over the place trying to distinguish people's fire. Inside the church and outside the church, you'll find firefighters. You'll find firefighters when they see people down the front doing what they do and they'll be like, well, wait till life knocks that praise right out of them. Wait till life knocks the the skip and the step out of them. Wait till they've been through what I've been through, fire extinguisher, red flag, red flag, red flag. Wait till they have some unanswered prayers of God. They won't pray so boldly then. Red flag, fire extinguisher. Let's not be people who fight the fire that God has planted in hearts of this generation and generations gone by. Let's be a church that carry his fresh fire today. See, the thing about fake fires is it's all smoke and no heat. You ever been around a fire that was all smoke? They're annoying. Fires that are all, most of the time, the fires that I make are all smoke, no heat. They get in your eyes. They get you, you know, you want to move away from that type of fire because it just stinks. So many people have moved away from God and they moved away from the fire that he wants us to carry because we've, they've encountered the wrong type of fire. You know, all of us are on fire with something. We've got to burn with a holy heat. We've got to burn with something that draws people to the answer that is Jesus Christ. Real fires, uh, fake fires look like the real thing, but they don't carry any substance and they don't affect the world around them. Can I say this? You are called to affect your world. Your world's a very big, you know, we, we say the world and some people think, I have to affect the globe? No, just affect where God's placed you. That makes it more achievable. You can affect your classroom. You can affect your workplace. You can affect your children and your children's children. That's the world that we've been called to affect. God has called us to affect the world. And some things about, something about fire, and I guess the brutality of it, sometimes draws us away from understanding that God is an all-consuming fire. And we like the message of the dove, you know, the bird that flies and gently lands, and people are like, oh, that's so gentle. God's a dove. God's a little lamb. You ever seen those little lamb? Poppy's parents have lambs right now. They have heaps of them. And they're like skipping around the backyard. And you're like, oh, God's a little lamb. Beautiful little lammy. Little dove flying through the air tonight. Flying and, you know, over 400 times the Bible refers to God as a fire. 27 times he refers to God as a dove. See, the fire that God has is something that confronts us. Can I say this? Jesus doesn't turn the tables if he's not on fire. Jesus doesn't turn the tables as a dove, acting like a dove. He turns the tables because he's carrying an all-consuming fire and it confronted something that needed to be turned over. When people carry the fire of God, it starts to confront some things in us, but also around us that need to be turned over. Jesus doesn't go to the cross simply as a lamb, but he also goes as an all-consuming fire. It confronts something. He didn't go just like, it, it, have you ever considered how much of a feat it was just to get Jesus to the cross? He doesn't go unless he's absolutely consumed with the mission that God had planted on the inside of him. 
I'm not saying although the dove and the lamb, they're all great representations, but I'm just saying also the fire is another angle to who God is. He is an all-consuming, dangerous fire. And he wants to consume his people. He wants to protect his people. If we are to live a life that carries his fire, are you ready? We need to understand that his fire requires our full attention and devotion. It says in verse 12, meanwhile, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must never go out. Each morning, the priest will add fresh wood. God has started something in many of us, but our responsibility is to each day, each morning, add fresh wood to what God has started. When was the last time we were intentional with bringing fuel to the fire that God has planted on the inside of us? Maybe it was a conference, maybe it was a moment in church, maybe it was just outside of church, but God did something, He ignited something. When was the last time we deliberately applied fresh wood, whether that be the Word of God, prayer, fasting, whatever it is, solitude, so that God could continue to bring, breathe His life on the fire that He started? See, we have got to get to the point. I'm gonna say this, church is so important. Gathering together is so important. Unity commands a blessing and there's no unity if there's no us. So we've gotta bring unity and we've gotta to gather together and flames start to catch across the rows of the people. You know, when you're worshiping in the row, who knows, the person next to you may need your faith that day. You may, you may be like that lame beggar, you don't have the faith for yourself, but somebody else has the faith for you and you just worshiping or you praising is enough to ignite their life again. So gathering together is very important, but this is the thing. If we only apply, if we only get the fuel for our fire on Sunday, we will burn out. Secondhand revelation will not be enough to fuel your life. The message that I'm bringing right now, it may be, it may be talking to you. You may be thinking, oh, this is a good message. It's not enough to fuel you for the rest of the week, nor your life. It's a secondhand revelation that we've received from God and that we're preaching now, which is fantastic and it speaks to people corporately, but God wants to bring you a fresh revelation every single day. He wants to bring you fresh revelations every single day in His presence and that is relationship. The YouTube preacher that you love can only bring what they have gathered and what they have brought and what they've, what they've placed on the altar of their life, but God can give you a word. You don't, need a, you don't need to be preaching from a pulpit to get a word from God. You don't need to be a perfect person to get a word from God, otherwise none of us would be preaching. You only need a willing heart to get a word from God. You need the devotion to come before His presence every day and say, God, would you bring your presence? Would you bring your power? Would you speak through me, through your word? Would you speak through prayer to me? Can I turn on the worship in, in, on the, my way to work and can you apply something new into my life? Can you ignite me more and ignite me more for who you're calling me to be? Don't rely on secondhand revelations. Feed your life on firsthand experience. Be an eyewitness to what God is doing, not just somebody who's heard of it or seen it, but an eyewitness. I have seen that God is good. I have seen that God is speaking. I have seen what God is doing. Be an eyewitness. Second thing, if we're gonna live lives that carry His fire, we need to understand that His fire changes the temperature of every room it's in. Matthew 3.11, I baptize with fire, with water, those who repent of their sins and turn to God. 
but someone is coming who is far greater than I am. He's talking about Jesus, just a little in there. So much greater that I am not even worthy to be his slave and carry his sandals. Listen to this. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with One more time together. And with Fire. God wants, that was some passion right there from the front. God has given us his Holy Spirit, but also his fire. His fire. God has actually planted his fire on the inside. You see, you cannot walk into a room and it leave the same when you carry his fire. People will pick up on what has happened when you walk into the room. The greatest compliment you can ever get is, what is different about you? <laughs> in a world that's so consumed with fitting in and just staying under the radar and, you know, those, what is different about you? What, what is it? What, like, how come you responded in that situation like you did? How come you responded when everybody else was freaking out? What did, why were you so peaceful in that situation? Why were you so peaceful in that problem? Why? Because you carry something on the inside called the fire of the Holy Spirit. When we were growing up, we talked our dad into buying us, my brothers and sisters, a pet snake. Teenagers, you should try it. You should have a go. Um, and the first night, my mum is terrified. And if you know my mum, she makes it well known. She is terrified of snakes. Absolutely, when I say terrified, I mean terrified of snakes. And to this day, I was thinking about the other day, I'm like, how did we get the snake in the house, I don't know. But we were just fixated. You know those things when you're growing up, you just become, I want that, that pet's awesome and whatever. And we got this snake. It was the size of a pencil when we got her. And literally the size of like an HB pencil. And I remember we put the snake into the, to the enclosure that me and my dad and my brothers and sisters, we had built together. It was a TV cabinet that we converted into a snake enclosure. Sounds like a bad idea from the start, doesn't it? And we drilled all the holes in, put the thermostat in so the temperature would be regulated. And, and, and the first night, I remember we put the snake in the enclosure. We'd been holding it, hadn't bitten us or anything. We put this little worm back then into the enclosure and we all go to bed. And I remember we wake up in the morning. I'm the first up with dad and we run out like we're like, I'm excited, where's the snake? Open up the enclosure. Oh, she must be hiding under the log. In the log, no, nah, not in the log. Maybe in the, you know, the stuff at the bottom. We are searching through the stuff in the bottom. We're, we're, we're looking under all these things. Meanwhile, mum's in the bedroom just chilling out. Hey, you guys going with the snake? Yeah, good. Mum's like, do you have it out? We're like, sort of, in a way. And it was that, real, that moment that we realized the snake had somehow gotten out of its enclosure and it was in our house somewhere. And so me and dad and, the, and, the, and all of us, we're, so, we're being so quiet not to let mum know. <laughs> we're like going around the, the living room, lifting up couches and we're looking in every, and dad's like, how did this thing get out? There's, how does it even get out? And um, meanwhile, mum has cottoned onto something and she is literally walking down the hallway and when she found out, I kid you not, it was like six o'clock in the morning, she screams and runs out the door and she's standing outside and she's saying, Scott, I'm not coming in until the snake gets out. She's standing out front and we ended up finding it underneath our couch, thankfully, and um, we put it back into its closure and found the right spot. But this is the thing about Electro, we called her, the snake. 
she had a thermostat that regulated the heat in that environment. And each and every one of us, Mark Verigis preaches an incredible message about either being a thermostat or a thermometer. And each of us, we have a decision to make. We will be a thermometer that just picks up on the temperature, reads the temperature, or will, will we be a thermostat that regulates the temperature of our world? Will we be a, te- a thermostat that goes into the rooms and you feel something and you can regulate the atmosphere in that room because of what God has planted on the inside of you? Or will we be people that just walk into the room and go, oh my goodness, this is intense. Anybody can do that. So many Christians, so many followers of God, we know the bad news of the world. We know it better than the world. We know all of it. We watch the news and we, 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 we have all the things. We know what's happening, but are we being a thermometer or a thermostat? Because a thermostat will adjust and say, no, no, we speak faith into a dying room. We speak life into a hopeless world. We speak light into the darkness. We, speak, we bring the heat of His presence with us. We need to change the temperature of every room it's placed into. Every room you walk into, change the temperature. If we, if we had to live lives carrying His fire, then we need to understand that His fire is all-consuming. Can I have the band back? Hebrews 12, 28 to 29, this is what it says. It says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. God has not come into our world or into our life to take part. In the words of Conor McGregor, the amended version, he has come to take over. God has come not just to take part in the pain of the world. He has come to take over all of the pain and bring his message of hope. He has not come just to take part in the brokenness. He has come to mend a broken world and bring his hope and his joy and his power. God is an all-consuming fire. What is consuming you? Situations can consume us. Problems and diagnosis can consume us. Or God's presence and God's fire can consume us. God is an all-consuming fire. We get good at giving God elements of our life to consume. But we're not very good at giving God our whole, whole life to consume. We've all done it. God, I'll give you what are my finances. Consume it. Bless it. Multiply it, please. God, I'll give you my family. Bless them. You know, do what only you can do in their life. Keep them safe. Great. God, this health crisis, consume it. Do what only you can do. But God, say, hey, would you give me everything? Would you let me consume everything? The pain, God wants to consume it. The trauma, God wants to consume it. The problem that you're currently facing, God wants to consume it. He wants to flip some tables in this place. He wants to flip some tables in our life that we've allowed things to be set up. God comes to flip them. And that comes when His fire is received by His people. See, fake fire won't affect the atmosphere, but Holy Spirit breathe fire affects everyone. It affects everyone. The early church were carriers 
of a fresh move of God and it affected the globe. Jesus spent three years full time getting His fire from His life onto His disciples' life. Were they perfect people? Absolutely not. Were some of them crazy? Probably, if you actually do your research. But He was willing to use them. Seriously. Jesus used everybody to encompass God's He used so many messed up people who were just willing to receive His fire. So there's no disqualifying you tonight. There's nobody disqualified from carrying the fire of God. There's nobody disqualified from walking into your workplace tomorrow, carrying something and that affects everything. There's nobody disqualified tonight from going into your uni, carrying something that affects the classroom. You can receive it tonight. God wants to breathe His fresh fire into the atmosphere. For fire, you need heat, you need fuel, you need oxygen, breath. <sighs> you ever been next to a fire? <sighs> I was in New Zealand last week trying to create a fire. I'm a terrible fire starter, by the way. I'm too impatient. I just want to get the log. I want to dump it in fuel. Don't do this. And I want to, th- bam, good fire. No. I've learned very, multiple times now I've learned. You need to be patient. You need to get that huge log and you need to chip away and get some kindling. You need to get ready with that flame and you might need to ignite a few different times to try to get that flame to get into that kindling. You need breath. Some of us are like, well, Dan, I've tried. Keep going, keep going. You've tried, keep going. We're all trying. Where none of us have this huge bonfire that never gets attacked, never starts. No, no, we are all going in the same thing. We're doing the same. Get God's breath in your life again. Get the ignition of faith in your heart again. Get some fuel in your bones again and allow God to do what only He can do. It's a good message. It's a good thing that God has come from heaven to earth to, to do something through you and through me. God has no plan B. There's nobody else coming to save humanity because he's already done the work. He just needs to get us to be consumed by it. Be consumed with doing his work. Be consumed with being somebody who is consumed. If you've been attacked by firefighters lately because of how on because of how what God's been doing, maybe you made a decision recently and you've changed a whole lot. You're not doing the things you used to do. Great. God's been doing a work and you've been like, oh, I don't know if that's for me. And you've been adjusting your life on Sunday so that you can make church a priority. You've been getting connected and people have been firefighting you. Mate, why are you doing that? That's stupid. Don't be put off. Keep adding. Keep adding. Keep meeting together. Don't grow weary in doing good, for in due time you will reap a harvest. Mums and dads, I feel this. Don't grow weary in leading your family to the foot of the cross. I don't understand, but I know this. God is faithful. You keep leading them back to the foot of the cross, even if you're not perfect. Great. Who is? There's been some mistakes, great. Who's, who's, who doesn't have a, mistake, uh, a perfect life? Keep leading your family back to the foot of the cross. Keep bringing the Word of God into your home. It's still relevant. It's still needed. It's still now. 
it's still speaking. Keep praying bold prayers for those you're praying for. Those sons, those daughters who have walked out, keep praying, keep believing. Keep allowing God's breath into your life. What are the things, people, problems that have been consuming you lately? What are the things, the extinguishers that have been trying to attack your faith life? The things that have been attacking your peace, the things that have been attacking scheduling, whatever it is, it could be attacking your faith life with God. What would it look like for you to live a life consumed by His fire? Consumed by His fire. Not just a little bit of fire, but consumed with it. What would that look like? Can I ask that we would just stand to our feet in this moment? I want to speak to one group of people first and then, but if we could all just bow our heads and close our eyes just for a moment. I want to talk to somebody in the room because I believe you're here. And maybe you made a decision for God a little while ago, but you know you haven't been living in relationship with Him. You're plagued by things that you feel like you're inadequate, not not worthy. I want to remind you right now that you are made new in Christ. People in the room, you've never made a decision for Jesus and you're here. And I wanna congratulate you for just making it into the room tonight. But I wanna say this, this is a setup. God knew that you would be here and this moment's for you. See, God wants to do something. Dan reminded us so powerfully from his testimony that God wants you to be aware of his victory tonight. And some of you haven't been aware of the victory for years. You haven't been aware of the victory that God has won for you for so long. But tonight I really feel there's people in the room and you need to respond right now. I'm gonna ask in just a few short moments time if you would just raise your hand. When I ask you to raise your hand, all you're doing is acknowledging, hey Dan, would you include me in this prayer? I wanna I want a part of this. I wanna know this God that can consume. I wanna know this God that I can live my life for. I wanna know this God who's created for me a brand new start tonight. Does being a good person make it happen? Great, being a good person is a good thing, but being a good person and believing and knowing God is another level of the things that God wants to do. It's a new awareness of who God is in your life. See, there's only one person, one one person we can look to in history who can save and mend us, and His name is Jesus. And He died on a cross for you. He died on a cross for me. And He wants His victory to be realized in your life. So right now, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want you to do something real bold with me. Would you just put up your hand right now, wherever you're at, right now. If you feel, hey, I wanna respond to this, thank you, I see that hand. Anybody else? Thank you, that's one. Anybody else in the room tonight? I'll wait for you. If you feel Holy Spirit place something in your heart, your heart's pounding. You're like, this isn't for me, this isn't for me. Can I say, this is moment is for you, my friend. So where are you tonight? Would you just raise your hand? I'll see it and you can put it back down. One more time, I'll wait.
fantastic. This is what I want you to do. I know this, we've just raised our hand, but I want you to do one more bold thing with me. I want you just to, in a moment, maybe you didn't put up your hand, but you want to come. I want you to come from your seat, meet me down the front, and then we're going to pray a prayer together. And we're going to believe that this is a brand new start. Why come from your seat? Because sometimes a new beginning needs a movement into the thing. Just, there's something about moving from where you are into what God has called you for. So right now, would you come down the front if you put up your hand right now across this place? Would you just start? Come on, everybody. Would you start to clap if you put up your hand? We've all made this decision. Everyone here is supporting exactly who you guys are. And we just wanna, this is a brand new start right here, right now. You know, God's not shocked that you're standing here. He's got a fresh start and a new beginning. I wonder if we could all pray this prayer with me. And if, come on guys, let's pray together. Say, dear Lord, tonight I give you my past and I step into your future. I believe that Jesus died for me and that He rose again for me so that I could have a brand new start. Today, I become aware of your victory. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Hey, I'm gonna ask, would you follow Nedra out to the, to the room? We're gonna give you some detailed Bible, ask some questions, whatever you have. So if you guys wanna follow Nedra, that would be amazing. And um, can we please give it up, church? Can we please celebrate what God is doing, what God has done? Right now, you wanna receive fresh fire. Maybe you're a believer, but you just wanna receive something fresh. Would you raise your hands towards heaven in faith? Father God, I'm gonna worship after this if that's all right. But Father God, right now, I pray your breath into this atmosphere, God. Holy Spirit, I pray, God, just like you've talked about in those verses that, Father, you would be an all-consuming fire in this room here tonight. Father God, I pray right now for fresh fire to fall. I pray right now for the things that have been consuming your people. I pray those things are broken in Jesus' name, that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to you, the name of Jesus, the name that is above every other name. So God, I pray the things that have been consuming your people are broken and fresh fire would fall. God, I pray that we would have life in our bones, like Jeremiah said, locked up in our bones. How can we contain it? God, let us not contain the thing that you are doing in us. Let us not contain the fire that's spreading across your church. God, let us carry your fire. Let us carry a fire that glorifies you, God. Let us carry a fire that burns off our addictions, burns off our traumas, burns off the things that have hurt us, burns off the things that have tried to destroy us, burns off the need to be recognized by man. God, we want to glorify you. Purify our motives, purify our minds, purify the things, God, that only you know. 
consume us in this place. We're going to worship as we worship. Can we just allow God's Spirit to bring His consuming fire upon His church? You may want to come out from your chair. You may want to stay in your chair. You do whatever you need to do. Just receive something from God. Can we worship, team? Is that okay? Come on. Let's raise our hands and let's receive something fresh. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au. Thank you.